This is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Beautiful text of John three sixteen and 17. And from the very outset, notice this. God willingly gave, and God willingly sent. How powerful the love of God as we consider, why did my Savior come to earth? Let's think about that today, but before we do, a thank you to our Jay Webb for his kind introduction of our broadcast. Jay is going to share with you some free materials very shortly that you can get through our work here at International Gospel Hour. We don't want your money. We do appreciate your interest in those things that be of God, and thank you for being with us today as we consider the question, why did my Savior come to earth? Now, yes, because... He loved us, and God sent His Son. But when you look at that love that God had for the world, there's a lot of other answers within. Today, when we ask the question, Why did my Savior come to earth? Let us embrace today the answer that Jesus came to fulfill the law. We have a wonderful study of head due to its content. But first, this is a four-part study of Why Did My Savior Come to Earth? And you are listening to part four. Now, the previous broadcasts are easily available at our website, internationalgospelhour.com. And if you need help in locating the program, just drop us an email there at the website. We will be glad to share with you the links of how you can hear our broadcast. Our programming is available in a number of ways, and we'll be glad to help you with that. One way is the area or the use where you are today in using, if you will, how you're hearing our broadcast. Keep listening to us through this opportunity right here, whether over-the-air radio, podcast, whatever the case might be, or through our website. We're grateful that you tune in to our broadcast. And dear friends, as we are looking at why did Jesus come to earth or why did my Savior come to earth, as the old hymn expresses it so eloquently, we want to think about Jesus on this earth and his teaching and Jesus called himself a number of things upon this earth, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Alpha, the Omega, and others. Our friends at the Spiritual Sword of Memphis, Tennessee, that for a well over 50 years they have written fantastic study material, made available unto us a very special edition about Jesus Christ. We want to send you that edition absolutely free. That's right, your copy, and it's free. Now, our J-Web is going to go over all the details, so let's pause for now and hear from our J-Web. For over 50 years, the Spiritual Sword has served as an excellent tool for reading and study. The Spiritual Sword brings into print some of the finest literary efforts of noted men in Churches of Christ today. We at International Gospel Hour are blessed to share absolutely free a classic edition of this periodical with the theme, Jesus, 
what he called himself. This is a perfect companion to our study today. Again, we will send it absolutely free. Just call us toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and say, Spiritual Sword. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. Please leave your name, address, and say, Spiritual Sword. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Spiritual Sword in the message box. We'll send it very soon. And now, let's continue our study. Dear friends, why did my Savior come to earth? Well, the answer, to fulfill the law. Now, Jesus did so by fulfilling the law in word and in action. Now, let's start beginning with the word. What did Jesus say immediately in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5:17? He said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. Now, Jesus put people at ease at that time because, as you note, studying the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus would say often, You have heard it been said, but I say unto you. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Now, his fulfillment of the law and the prophets was brought forth prior to his ascension, as he said in Luke 24, verse 44. Speaking unto the apostles that remained, he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now, let's look at this idea of being fulfilled, to fulfill or to fill it full. This is to become or to take place. As Paul affirmed in Romans 10.4, Christ is the end of the law. So this statement prior to his ascension was made clearly. So we know that it was after his death upon the cross that he would fulfill the law and the prophets. Now keep that in mind, friends. As we now move from Jesus fulfilled the law in word to Jesus fulfilled the law in action. Now let us see the power of the cross. Let's consider a couple of contexts today. We'll begin with Ephesians 2, 13-18. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body, through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off, and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now let's answer. He mentioned twice those who are afar off. Who would that be? 
Well, friends, that would be the Gentiles. For in Acts 2 and verse 39, Peter acknowledged those who would hear the gospel, who would have access, those who were afar off. They were brought near by the blood of Christ. May we ask, where was the blood of Christ shed? Well, upon the cross. He broke down the middle wall between Jew and Gentile, thus making two one, and note where he did it, through the cross, verse 16. Now, verse 15 mentions abolished in his flesh, that is, at the cross. Now, what did he abolish? The commandments contained in ordinances. Now, friends, are we understanding that the cross of Christ took away, if you will, the old covenant? Well, let's continue and get that answer here from Colossians 2, 14 and 15 to where we read, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now, let's look at some words or phrases. Contrary to us, meaning that this was opposed to us, something that was opposed to us in a violent way or set against us. The law was no longer going to be the law we would follow. The handwriting of requirements. Now, when we go back to Matthew 5.17, where Jesus said he came not to destroy, but then we go back to Ephesians 2.15, where the Scriptures affirm he abolished in his flesh the law, well, we would ask, is this not a contradiction? Dear friends, not when one understands the meaning of the words. First of all, in Matthew 5.17, the word destroy means to tear down or to demolish. Jesus' teachings were not to demolish what had gone before, but to fulfill them or complete them, which he did, as noticed earlier, in Luke 24, verse 44. In other words, they would be abolished or, in the biblical sense, rendered idle or inoperative, or to deprive of force. As Jesus completed or fulfilled them with his teaching, the law, the law of Moses, the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, no longer has the force of power. But it still serves with a purpose to remind us of things in Romans 15 and verse 4. The phrase, wiped out, means to wipe off or to obliterate or to cancel. Something handwritten in authority, an ordinance, a law, or a decree. We go back again to Ephesians 2 in verse 15. And so we understand that that would be removed. And how thankful we are for the Lord fulfilling the law, thus bringing forth a new covenant that we should be made full in obedience. The covenant that was shed through his blood upon the cross, Matthew 26 and verse 28. May we encourage a careful reading of Hebrews 8, 6 through 13 in this study as well. Now, dear friends, I realize we're talking about a lot of things here that may sound strange to some, but let us help you in your study of the Word of God as our J-Web comes back with our study about questions to Christianity. Answering Questions to Christianity is another free study we offer from IGH. Are there questions you have about Christianity? Would you not love to have a biblical answer to those questions? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Question Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 
and please leave your name, address, and just say question study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type question study in the message box. We trust this study will help with answers to questions you may have. Let's go back to Jeff. How grateful through Christ we have a better covenant with better promises. And dear friends, how grateful we are to study with you today. Thank you for joining me on our broadcast and our study today from International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh!